Have no fear, students. Because I am here. Today's podcast episode features talks of maturity, Futurama, and a prolific writer you're now listening to, featuring Dez. Matt Groening is a well-established cartoonist and writer. He has won the National Cartoonist Society Rubin Award. This man was even ranked fourth out of 100 in a list done by the Daily Telegraph called the Top 100 living geniuses this man has been also nominated for a staggering amount of emmy awards 25 to be exact that is ridiculous now matt is a certified beast but you may know him as the guy who created the longest running u.s primetime tv show the simpsons or you may like his other work futurama either way you've probably at least heard of those shows and if you haven't what what, 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 what what's wrong with you but not nah, in, in all seriousness if you haven't seen these shows i envy you because you you get to watch them for the first time both shows were beyond well received simpsons and his prime used to be the absolute juggernaut of pop culture also it was credited for pushing envelope quite a bit and Futurama is often well loved because of its wit and antics. Futurama actually being my personal favorite out of the two. But both shows were well received and award winning. Matt created The Simpsons, I believe, in 1989, and Futurama, I believe, in 1999. Simpsons is still ongoing, although not as good as it nearly once was. Futurama has since ended. And this year, Matt finally released a new series. So it's been something like 20 years since your dude Matt has created a new animated series. And that's actually what I'm here to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Groening's new series, Disenchantment. Now, Disenchantment is a very easy show to watch. Very binge-worthy. The first episode is a little slow. But once the ball gets rolling, it's clean slate sailing from there. Now, despite being more of a serialized show, the journey itself seems to have a natural progression to it, which aids in its binginess, so to speak. Now, our lead character, Bean, is a flawed person. She's a lost early 20-something-year-old, which early 20s are very important times in a young lady's life. Hell, it's important in anyone's life. She's lost after losing someone special to her. Bean doesn't quite know what to do with herself. Her father doesn't seem to either, which is probably why the show begins with him forcing her to get married. So, some responsibility can be pushed up on her shoulders. Now, responsibility, that's, that's actually a very important word when it comes to this tale. Because it's a tale of growth and maturity. Bean is pretty much trying to figure things out. And those tales she's learning from are kind of excellent. Especially when you have, when you're leading three or who these guys are. They, you're leading, the leading three in this show feel like they've been specifically made to counterbalance each other. Your leading three consists of Lucy, Lucy a damn near non-killable pain in Bean's ass. 
Then there's Elfo, who, if you couldn't tell by his name, is an elf. Elfo, he's just a charming good friend. And then there's Bean, our lead protag in the story. She's kind of a mess. She's immature. She's an immature, lost alcoholic who needs direction and guidance. And that's actually where things get interesting because the previously mentioned Lucy kind of works as the devil on one shoulder and Elfo as the angel on the other. You know that um, feeling, that, that not feeling, but uh, that voice that's in your head sometimes telling you to do the right thing? Yeah, uh, Lucy's the guy yelling over that. And in return, this adds to our lead girl going down some more darker-ish paths than she normally would go. And uh, Elfo, on the other hand, <laughs> he can be a tiny pessimistic, but more or less, he's a caring friend who always wants the best for her. But Lucy? <laughs> now, L- L- Lucy couldn't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, this makes for some good fun. So much fun that the episodes actually fly by pretty quickly. Yeah, so this show, there's there's magic, sorcery, classic tales on fairy tales, and even some good plot twists thrown in there. Now, earlier I mentioned how the show has a natural progression. I want to talk about that a bit more because I personally think that might be the one thing that helps separate this show from its previous work. Even though you can just sit in on this on this story anytime and watch it, I actually wouldn't recommend that because there's there's an actual big overarching story plot. Um, each episode, bit by bit, adds to it. It's focused more on this than, say, Futurama or Simpsons ever did. So, when this season ended, instead of me saying, like, oh, okay, I can't wait to see what the uh, gang gets into next season. Instead, when this season ended, I was like, huh, they're going to throw me a cliffhanger. Now I got to know what happens next season. <laughs> and that's cool. Now, in closing, Disenchantment isn't going to be as iconic as The Simpsons, nor does it seem to have the seemingly endless charm of Futurama. But... Disenchantment doesn't have those traits, but the things it, it does well, it does extremely well. And I'm looking forward to see where the show goes from there. It's pretty damn entertaining. Season one was strong, and here's to another good season. And uh, side note, <laughs> the dad character in this show is pretty damn hilarious. Part of it's probably due to the writing, but I'm willing to bet the biggest contributor is the fact that he's voiced by the great John DiMaggio, who previously voiced Bender. Um, in Graining's uh, last series, Futurama. Love that guy. But yeah, guys, thanks for letting me uh, talk your head off uh, once again uh, and give my thoughts on Disenchantment. Um, this has been Featuring Dez, and I'm signing out. Peace! Party in my place, we gonna be faded, it's gonna be fun, you're all invited, and I'ma bring my friends, we'll have a good time under the sun. I have outdone myself.